Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Emiliano, CTO of Place. And we discuss how Place provides the end-to-end tech stack for realtors to run their business. What it's been like scaling the company as demand has exploded in the housing market. And how Emiliano is constantly working to identify and raise up talented leaders in his organization. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So how did you first get into technology? Yeah, so, you know, originally from uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, I've been always passionate about technology uh, as, as a kid, like, you know, trying to dissemble like, you know, uh, CPUs and trying to put them back together, which was usually the challenge, right? Putting things back together. But I, I like to like take things apart and like, you know, investigate a little bit the technology that's inside things, inside toys, inside computers and yeah, all that. But yeah, I'm also passionate about soccer. So, you know, like in Argentina, it's a very common sport there, but ended up in this like situation where I like soccer a lot, but at the same time, I like technology and play for a couple of teams there, like smaller teams there in Argentina. And at some point I was like, you know what, we had to decide what you want to do with your career. And I like technology a lot and said, let's just go for it. And took a couple of programming courses, like like very small things. At that point, it was like in basic or even visual basic or something like that, like many, many years ago, 25, 30 years ago. And I fell in love with programming, right? So started, you know, working on some small jobs on, on programming and learning a lot at the beginning. Went to college, you know, did computer science there in Argentina and in the middle of it, I, I fell into like a particular position that was software development, but very focused on geographic information systems, like systems that oil and gas services companies use to do research and development mostly, right? So really like that, a lot of math involved that I, that I love and decided to go in that, in, that, in that path, right? Doing programming at the same time, being very focused on, on geographic information systems. So work for a couple of you know, organizations in Argentina, oil and gas and then a, a, a company that was very focused on, on GIS, on geographic information systems, and worked there for around like seven years or so as, as a developer, and then get into a developer, developer lead kind of role. And after that, we decided with my wife to, to come to the U.S., came here, worked for the same company for, for a little while, and then took a job in Houston in a smaller company, focused also on, on this type of systems, right, for oil and gas companies here in the U.S., so worked for them for around three years or so. We grew the company drastically and, and we ended up selling the company to Halliburton, which is where you know I transitioned there to an oil and gas services company that was not only focused on this type of systems that I liked, but also in several other things, right? So there I had the opportunity to transition into other areas that were not only like GIS focused and ended up leading their platform as a service over service, you know, kind of team there for a while. Pretty big team, you know, lots of opportunities to learn at that point where, you know, it was like the beginnings of transitioning into the cloud for the organization. So I had a lot of opportunities to learn about all the different cloud vendors that you can think of and evaluate each of them, evaluate the features that they, you know, each of them have. So I had a lot of, a lot of you know, big opportunity there to learn about cloud there. Anyway, worked there for around four or five years as, a, as an engineering lead for them leading some you know different initiatives and, and and big teams there for Halliburton and and at some point I you know I started missing that small environment kind of company and I, I was talking with my wife we were in Houston still and I was like hey you know what I really miss that environment where you do a lot of things that 
are not only related to your role, but also like things that you are doing to help the company grow. Because in that craziness is where you learn the most, right? Um, so ended up deciding to move on from Halliburton, joining a startup here in, in Austin uh, that was called Live Earth. So we're, we, we, built, we built a... Um, IoT data pipeline for different companies, right? You know, some, you know, government related, some private companies and uh, with a visualization platform around that. What is an IoT data pipeline? So basically uh, ingesting IoT data from thousands and thousands of sensors out there all the way from a a sensor in a tire of a bus, right? To see actually if the pressure is, is good to video management systems, to, you know, weather sensors, to fire trucks and police department locations and things like that, right? So we engage with several organizations, again, some very government-focused, like police departments or fire departments, where you want to see where the cars were positioned and things like that, with the army to, right, to actually see where their drones were flying, you know, in the battlefield and things like that. And with some private organizations to monitor like the video management system that they had and to and do some like, you know, face recognitions and things like that through through their video, right? So pretty cool tech. We built that all that from scratch. After a couple of years working there, I decided that it was just time for me to do something different. And uh and I got a call from uh from Brad Ventures, you know, big company, a lot of you know, they don't they own a lot of brands. They basically specialize on, on bringing brands and, and customers together, right? So they have marketplaces where you go and, and compare different products, right? And make decisions uh, all the way from your first credit card, let's say, to a loan to renovate your home, right? Or things like that. So join them to lead their you know, credit cards organization, then move into a bigger role to lead all financial services for them as a technology leader. And um, yeah, we're there for around three years and a half. Great company, great culture. Uh, great people, you know, made a lot of friends there that I still talking to. Uh, so really, really liked the organization. And yeah, a few months ago, I got a call from you know Ben Kinney, our, our you know our, our, our funder of uh, of place, and started talking. Really liked the guy, so we uh, we connected very very quickly. And he you know basically told me a lot about place, about the opportunity ahead of us, and about the platform that we're building. And he needed someone to lead technology for for the company and. It's been a couple of months I here I am. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leading tech for them. So that's a, a quick background on, on, on my journey in the past like 15, 20 years. That's really cool. So you've, you've really had your hands in like a lot of different layers of the tech stack throughout your career. So what drew you to place today? What, what was really appealing about coming on as CTO? Yeah, so one of the key things that I, that I usually look for is what does the culture look like and, and, and how, you know, people are in the organization, right? So beyond the company opportunity, right, that is there, right? And we, we can talk about it too. But I focus a lot on culture and people. And when I started meeting people from place, I realized that the culture is, is amazing. The, the people were super welcoming. And all the leaders are focused on bringing people on board that are just great people to work with. You know, there might be some skills here and there that you may not may or may not have that, you will pick it up because you are smart enough, right? But at the same time, it's like the focus on bringing good people to work with uh, that can keep pushing the, the business forward. That was super attractive because we have an amazing team, right? Very smart people, again, very good people to work with. The culture amazing uh, and the opportunity ahead of us is, is huge, right? So can you fill myself and the listeners in on what Place does? And then I, I really want to hear about what the opportunity ahead of you is because because you've mentioned it, it sounds exciting. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's a big opportunity. I mean, place we we basically developed a 
technology platform that that provides all top agents with every tool and, and and service that you can imagine that they need right to run their business all in one place and, and pun intended there right <laughs> so we provide you know admin support and, and and marketing and branding and you know lead generation uh legal hr services uh and all the you know basically back office infrastructure and training also that uh, that our you know the agents need to run their business right so basically they can be less worried about the technology and the friction with technology and just focus on 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 what real station state um uh, agents do right which is like sales and at the same time we provide that that world class you know real estate platform for them right regardless of what brokerage they are affiliated with right because we're agnostic on the on that area right so we also built pretty much the best in industry CRM that is out there for real estate. So our customers use that a lot. And overall, you know, we we eliminate the need for like multiple technology platforms to do all the things that I just mentioned, right? So it's everything all in one. And we, you know, several opportunities that we have ahead of us, which is what I was mentioning, to keep expanding at that one place, right? Through you know, different acquisitions that we are thinking of, you know, how we grow our products organically too. But the idea is that every single, you know, real estate agent and team would have one place where all their needs are are fulfilled, right, for their business. Cool. So it's like everything you need of a virtual office to operate the business side of real estate. So then they can spend their time actually moving property. Is that correct? Pretty close, yeah, yeah, and 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 every service that you can think of, right? Where you know, let's say that you're buying a home, right? And and beyond being, you know, having the platform for all the CRM and and having all the interactions between the agents and the and and the buyers uh, or sellers, right? Whatever um, uh, the situation is, then also offering other products, right? That, that are associated to our are including our platform, right? All the way from you know mortgages and insurance and home services in the future. That will be part of you know this one place, right? One stop for for real estate agents. So, how has the housing market going crazy recently affected your day to day at Place? So, if we look at you know what happened in the past year and a half or so, which has been an insane market, right? Where they send enough inventory out there, and we are all looking into prices going up of houses, you know, affordability being tougher and tougher, right? Because, you know, the, the market, there's just not enough inventory, right? Beyond the craziness in the market, right? That helps, you know, our business to keep growing because we provide that platform, right? For for the agents to be managing all these transactions, right? That happen on the market for real estate, which is like thousands and thousands of transactions, right? That we that we handle for, for our agents where they can still forget a little bit about the, the technology that, that is needed behind the scenes for that and focus on, on selling, right? But beyond that, uh, you know, the market has been has been insane so far. We all know that the economy is getting into a, a, a fairly uncertain, you know, spot at this point, right? Moving towards a, a potential slowdown, but uh, but at the same time, we know that we can, like, you know, come back stronger from from that. We have a a huge client base, right? People that trust our platform a lot, that've been with us for a very long time, that know all the value that we provide, right? So. There are some things that are a little more uncertain about the market today, right? Especially on the real estate side. But at the same time, we are confident that we are going to be navigating this very successfully. So as CTO at Place, what's some of the coolest tech behind the product that you get to work on? 
Yeah, we we use a lot of technology stacks, right? Uh, and in different areas of our software, we we use different technology stacks depending on what we need, right? We we believe it out on on using the the tech that basically fits what what you're building that is most efficient for for what you are building. So we are working a lot of you know cool stuff on the CRM side. We have several technology stacks that are very attracting for developers out there. That's why, you know, we are attracting very good talent to, to our teams. And without revealing too much of the, the magic that happens, you know, behind the scenes, we are using like very powerful, like, you know, cloud-based technologies in microservices environments, you know, architectures where we can not only have our architecture very flexible, right, where you can build certain services with one technology or another, but also it makes it very efficient, right? Because if a new a new developer could come in with experience in a particular stack and can build services in that stack too, which you know can live with other services that are in different technologies, right? So we adopted a, a very flexible and cloud based you know uh, uh, architecture. And the same thing we do that we do for all the uh, you know real estate you know sites that we develop, as well as all the marketing tools that we develop where we pick technologies that are not only fit what we need, but also are attractive for tech talent out there that want to work in those technologies. On the CRM side of things, as more and more privacy regulations and data compliance rules come out, is that a challenge that you're working with on a day-to-day? So the short answer is is, is yes, right? So uh, we have to be very careful with compliance and security overall, right, for, for our platforms because we're handling you know, data is very valuable for our customers and, and we need to make sure that that's, that's protected and the right data systems are in place, right, to store all that. So the technology ecosystem is, is always very challenging towards that, right? Because there are always new threats on the security side. There are always new efficiencies that you can find on new data, data models. So we keep evolving our platforms, you know, constantly towards those, those two areas, right? Especially, you know, talking about that, the security and data. So we are working on, you know, data warehouses that we are putting in place for the company. We are putting new, you know, uh, security models in place that that will make us stronger and more robust, right? So those two areas are always very, very challenging for any organization, not only, you know, for place, right? But we are taking the right steps towards, like, you know, being, being you know, very uh, robust, right, in those two areas. Very cool. Yeah, that's just something that's been on my mind because one of our podcasts that we produce as a company is very focused on that topic of data compliance within CRMs. But another area that I have on my mind a lot these days is keeping your contributors close to the customers and implementing feedback because our company is at like that small stage where we have like a set of clients and we're constantly evolving our processes as like they provide feedback to the service we're giving. So it's really important that every producer who is would kind of be our equivalent of an engineer on a software product is constantly getting and implementing feedback directly from the customers. Yeah. And so I'm curious, how do you keep your engineers close to the clients and focused on like product outcomes? Yeah, I, I think we need to talk about both, right? The, the engineering and the product organization, right? That, that end up like collaborating very closely to actually achieve that. And that intersection, I think, is, is something that I'm like super passionate about, right? The, the, the intersection between like product and technology and then how the customer gets in that loop and we make things, you know, happen for them. So, you know, if, if you see how organizations like 
place like product management or product owners in their organization structures, you're going to see so many different approaches out there, right? So there are organizations that you're going to see product owners in their own, like, you know, uh, isolated organization, product owners re- reporting to the business side, product owners reporting to the technology side. But each of them are like, have this common goal as like, how can we be more efficient from the product side, listening to our customers and translating that into requirements that get into our, into our products, right? But at the end of the day, that, that intersection between, you know, product and tech is, is, you know, what, what enabled that, enables that, that full, you know, life cycle of, of product development, right, in general. And talking about what we just talked about on the data side, I will add this, the other two dimensions into that too, right? Which is like design and data that add into like that product life cycle that, yeah. that we're talking about, right? And of course, you know, the marketing side also plays a big role, right? When they are then releasing products and, and all that too, right? I would say like, you know, from, from my perspective, regarding, regardless of the reporting structure, right? Organizations that end up with like a solid intersection, right? Meaning like, partnership and, and and collaboration between tech and product are the ones that end up succeeding, right? You know, you think about it, right? As, as a leadership team, we have to make sure that the, the technology roadmaps are always fully aligned with the product roadmaps, right? Because basically at the end of the day, the product team is, is my main customer, right? Because they are actually interacting and listening to uh, most of what like the customers are asking for, right? So I think that's that's a key responsibility from our side of the leadership level to make sure that our roadmaps between tech and product are always very you know well aligned. And the other thing we need to think about is like what our product owners do, right? Going going back to that um, feedback loop that you were talking about, right? Because you know if you think about product ownership, right, beyond defining you know product requirements and 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 being responsible for like you know product market fit and and writing specs you know for for the features that are going to be built you know i believe the the organization has has a much bigger role right which is like you know getting to the right understanding of what the product needs to meet the customer needs right that's critical right because that's what actually comes back to those engineers to that the the development team right and beyond that you know creating that strong bond right with the customers including that feedback loop that feedback loop that you were talking about that allows us to be like more closely aligned with with customers requirements right but of course you know and, and all this cannot happen without that strong technology team and there's where i'm like you know talking about this intersection yeah, right? Yeah. that cannot happen without that strong you know technology team that can help to build what the customers need right that that's where where I believe that intersection because becomes very uh, interesting, right? Our product owners are also very focused and responsible, right? To explain the whys, right, behind the features that our engineering teams are building, right? Because our engineers are always very curious, right? And which is like what we want from them, right? It's like they they don't just want to build something for the sake of building it, right? They want to understand what is the impact there for our customers. Why we're building this, right? right. So that why behind like you know the functionality and uh, and the customer experience needed is is what what our product owners are also you know in charge of explaining our you know to our, te- our tech teams right. The other thing I I think is important uh, like as another dimension is like towards this intersection right. It's like the product owners will always like be part of these technical discussions too right. So it, it is it is important right that they you know, in these meetings, our, our, our product owners can like help make trade-offs, for instance, right? Yeah. Between like, 
hey, if we take this approach, it's going to take this long. If we take this approach, it's going to take this long. But here's the pros and cons of this one, this pros and cons of this, and help us. Do. So I think we are beyond those like days where like product owners, product owners were more like, oh, yeah, I don't understand the tech very well, but this is what needs to be built, right? It, well, I think we're way beyond that, right? It's like programmers are more and more integrated into the day-to-day with, with tech, right? Where they listen to different technology approaches and, and they help making decisions, right? Because that that could you know make a big difference between delivering you know delivering a, a product on time you know with the right features and functionalities that the the customer need. Uh, so that that discussion, that feedback from the product owners could be you know making a, a big difference, right? Yeah, I, I want to dig in a little bit on what it looks like in practice to manage that cross section between tech and and product. So how regular are the meetings between the tech team and the product team and how do you what is your role in ensuring like the quality of the communication between the teams yeah i think that one of the key aspects of of this role is is sometimes realizing when you need to be the glue between like some of these teams right because you're gonna notice like all the time right there's a communication gap right or this team didn't hear about this dependency with this team or a product owner brought you know brought a particular requirement that may end up affecting another uh, product, right? That would have some implications if we do that, right? So, you as a technology leader, right? In my role, I'm in contact constantly with our product leaders and listening to what each of their teams are producing and see if there are things that will have interactions between each other. And we also get together as a team to identify those potential you know uh, challenges, right? We get together pretty much at least once a week to discuss about, you know, interim dependencies between teams, you know, features that we're bringing to, uh, for our teams to develop and how other teams could help, right. For, you know, let's say that there's an integration needed between two products and how teams can help each other. Or if there is any, you know, gap on something that needs to be built and, and there's a service that is not there. So another team can help. So the interaction happens like very, very often between, you know, product and tech. There are, you know, daily ceremonies that we call that were like our product owners meet with our development teams to prioritize things, to get to know status on uh, activities that the, uh, you know, the tech team is, is, um, uh, is, is working on. And then there is always that interaction behind the scenes, right, between certain technology leaders and product leaders on more futuristic view on things, you know, projects that are like have a bigger scope that would have to be developed in the near future and how do we start planning on that while the tech team still focus on certain things that we need to develop soon, right? Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you have a really tight-knit organization with a lot of communication happening, which is really good. There's a lot of communication happening. I'm not going to say that we're perfect. There are always like opportunities for us to you know, keep improving that, but we try to make sure that communication flows on, on every direction, right? Yeah. So where's an area right now that you're currently improving yourself as a leader? Like what's something that's currently challenging you? Yeah, I, I think I, I keep working on better ways to keep identifying leaders for my organization, right? Leaders that it's not about the title that they have or, or they will have, right? That those people that have those skills and that desire to move into leadership, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I keep working on, right? I keep, you know, researching and talking to different people and making sure that, I'm always kind of in recruiting mode, if you want to call it. I'm not talking about recruiting externally. I'm talking more like always like trying to identify, oh, this person has certain skills that are 
that are very valuable for like a, a leadership position, right? And some people may just be upfront and say, hey, I'm interested in moving towards like leadership. But some people may not, and they may not realize that they have the skills. So I'm kind of in that always recruiting kind of mode where when I'm trying to identify, you know, skills that are valuable for leadership and trying to bring people into into leadership roles when I, you know, when I think that that they have the skills, right? So what are some of those skills? Like if I'm an engineer on your team and I want to impress you and I want to let you know that I have what it takes, what do I do as, a, as an individual contributor on your team? You want, you want the, the secret recipe yeah. here to impress me? Give me the like, sauce. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, are mostly simple things that, that sometimes you just don't make an effort to actually show it, right? And it's just part of like how you work, what your personality is, what your experience is and all that. I don't really believe in leadership that, that comes on board or, or leadership has been in an organization for a while that tell you, Hey, you have to respect me because I work for this company or I've done this or I like achieved this in the past and all that, right? Just showing credentials all the time for like impress someone else. I'm more like towards skills or, you know, or, 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 or treats that you find like, you know, being curious, right? Someone that is always willing to learn. Someone that is like always looking into learning something new. It doesn't matter how much experience you have or, or which companies you work for, right? Just staying curious in your career, I think is critical. Being self-aware. Right. When, when, you know, things go wrong, right. Let's go and embrace it. Let's go and accept it. Hey, I failed on this and my team didn't do this, you know, very well, but this is my responsibility. This is my fault, but here's the plan on how we're going to fix it. Right. So making sure that you're not like, I'm not observing someone that is like blaming someone else or like, you know, saying, Oh, this person didn't do this. That's why we fail. Or it's like, usually for leadership, it's like when something goes wrong, it's on us. Right, yeah. as leaders, because we 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 are responsible for it. If something goes well, it, the team did it, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, it, that's that's how it works. I mean, that's that's how our responsibility as leaders, right, is to make other people, you know, in our teams successful, right? And and when things go wrong, it's, 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 it's our responsibility, right? It doesn't matter who did what, right? But at the end of the day, we are responsible for for our teams, right? Finding people that are humble, right, in general, right, and just taking advice. And learning, right? Keep keep learning constantly. Being a, a team player, right? Someone that, you know, again, I think that we are way beyond those days where you were okay if you are okay with your manager, kind of kind of culture, right? It's like, oh, I'm fine with my manager, so everything is fine, right? I think that we need our people to be like team players, people that can interact with everyone in the organization and work with everyone and work with all the leaders. If you are on the technology side, you can work with product, you can work with design, we can work with the business team, we can work with our people in HR team, you can work with our training team. So like everyone in the organization can feel comfortable working with you. Like and going back to to the first concept that we were, we were talking about, like bringing people are just great people to work with. Yeah, right? yeah. So I think that's those are the, the key things that, that I, I value a lot, right? Not only for leaders, but but just for people in, in my teams, right? Yeah, I, I want to highlight what you're talking about with managing the failures and the wins with your team. Yeah. That's something that I'm really big on here. And it starts with trust that you have a great team. Because if something falls through the cracks at our company, my first thought as the leader is, how could I have caught this? What system could have been in place for this to not have happened? Because I trust that that my team is full of great people that aren't just out there doing sloppy work. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah, definitely. And so it's more of like 
what systems, what processes, how can we prevent this in the future? Definitely. I mean, we, we monitor that all the time, but at the same time, and I, I can tell you how I evaluate, I evaluate myself too. It's like, just an example. Let's say I'm going on vacation for two weeks, right? If I go on vacation for two weeks and my team can keep working independently, being efficient and, and doing all the things that they need to do without me and the team, that means from my perspective that I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Now, if I'm going on vacation for two weeks and in the middle of the, uh, the, my vacation, like I'm going to call, say, yeah, we, we don't know how to do this, or we need you for doing this, or we need you for doing that. That means that there is a gap that I need to fix, right? There is something, some knowledge that I need to transfer, something that, you know, my team should know how to do that they don't know yet. And I need to work on that gap and make sure that my team can be, you know, independent, right? It's not about like making ourselves as relevant as we can, right, in our roles. It's about like empowering our teams, right? And making sure that they are, they have all the tools to succeed, even if we are not around for, for a short period of time, right? Yeah, yeah. You always want to be working yourself out of a job, increasing your bandwidth so you can start solving the next hard problem. Yeah. And, and for that, I think that, you know, one of the things that I can think are very important for that is, is picking your, your mentors, right, during your career. People that will, like, train you and, and, and mentor you on, on things that are important for particular roles that you may face during your, your career. And that can be like super challenging. Look, it's like, you're not just walking around and saying, Hey, can you be my mentor? Hey, you know, <laughs> do you think that you can do this? And, you know, it's sometimes it's like, you know, they, they become your mentors without you even thinking about it or planning on it. Right. In my experience, I had like probably like three mentors in, in my career and they know who they are because of how these things happen, right? That that you just start interacting with someone and the impact that they have in your career and your life becomes like way bigger than you expected. And those people become mentors without like yeah. forcing it into like a mentorship kind of relationship. But those people that that I, I think I had a, a big impact in my career ended up like teaching me pretty much most of what I know about leadership, right? I've been a humble servant for my teams and helping people grow and develop their careers, right? Being humble, you know, that, that humble leader that basically that main objective is making your team successful and, 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 and helping your team, you know, develop their, their careers is, is what I learned, you know, from them. So we, we definitely, you know, those leaders that, you know, obviously that empower others, right. That are not focused on, on making themselves relevant, as I was saying, right. It's, it's more about the metrics that we use, um, to make sure that, that our leaders are learning the right things, right? And staying curious and being humble and, and all that, right? But that comes a lot from mentors that you have in your career. And sometimes you see certain leadership styles that you don't like, but you also need to think about which mentors did this person have maybe, and they may have driven some of those behaviors, right, for them. But as long as those people are also open to learn new things, open about, you know, new leadership styles and being more collaborative, is what ends up like defining these good leaders that you need for your organization, right? So when you identify a leader that maybe has some of those bad habits, how do you approach having the conversation with them to let them know and steer them on the right path? Yeah, I I, I think one of the things that, that people sometimes confuse is like being nice with actually being weak, right? You know that sometimes like people, oh, this guy's too nice. So, you know, he might not be a strong leader. Yeah. Well, that that's far from the truth. Right. right? So you can be a, a very nice person, uh, but at the same time, be very direct and decisive, right? When things need to happen. Uh, and also being very feedback driven, because that, that's what I learned in, in 
the past several organizations that I work for, which is like constantly being feedback driven. I mean, deliver feed, delivering feedback on time is sometimes like way more important than just the feedback, right? Because you know, if I we get to the end of the year and I tell you, hey Adam, you you know you should work on this and this and this, you will tell me. Yeah, but it would have been nice if you had told me this six months ago, so I could be actually working. <laughs> so when we get at the end of the year, everything is great, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I mean. It's like when you get to you like talking with your you know leader at the end of the year, it's like you should be fully aware of what what your opportunities are, what are the things that you need to be working on, and then decide. Hey, I saw, I saw that you were working on this, but you know maybe you you can keep improving on this area, and that's what I look at, right? Our, our constant feedback, right? Conversations constantly with our with our leaders on. Hey, I'm seeing these gaps. I'm seeing things that you could improve in this area. And then it's up to the leaders on how they take it. Usually, like you want people in your team that are that are receptive to to constructive feedback, right? It also has a lot on how you deliver that feedback, right? You are usually delivering that feedback on these are not issues, right? Are opportunities that you have for your career. These are things that you can improve. This is how, and then build a plan with them and work together with them to get to where they need to get especially when there are like very specific skills that need to be developed or there are like some relationships that you need to, you know, work on across the organization, right? Or there are like trust concerns, right? That were, you know what, doing this and this will improve, you know, the trust that these leaders have with you. So building that plan together and and having that feedback loop happening very often during the year, uh, I think it's important for, you know, basically improving your, your leader's performance, right? Yeah, that timely feedback is also like a, very core tenant to me in the way I operate. Although I, I need to find a more positive way to frame this because it's like the most extreme. But the way I think about it is nobody should ever be surprised that they're getting fired. There should always be so many steps of feedback and opportunities for improvement before getting to that point. Yeah, it is definitely impactful. But the thing I can tell you that there are going to be moments in your career where someone may be surprised that they're being fired, right? And and that's on us as leaders, right? Not not providing timely feedback and as well as not identifying like self-awareness issues, right? On 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 certain moments. Because there are people that's like, no, I think I'm doing great. Right. Right. And if we don't provide that feedback, well, actually these are some of the opportunities you need to work on. It's like they're gonna keep thinking, oh no, I'm doing great. Right. And you don't want to make a decision behind the scenes on like, oh yeah, these people shouldn't belong to the organization. Oh, if I, did you provide that feedback? Did you talk to them about it? Did you work on a, on an on improvement plan for them to actually get to where they need to get? Uh, and if the answer is no, the gap is, is on us as leader, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I was like trying to get at, but you, you did, yeah. you helped me explain it. So thank you so much. Yeah. And also the, the, I think the other thing important is that when you start transitioning to leadership is where, where you really need to learn about like how to communicate with things, right? And then how to help others transition from like being that individual contributing to leadership too, right? So I think those things are are pretty critical for for our teams. Yeah, so we are coming up close to time and I got one more question that you're perfectly leading me into here. What is one piece of advice that you would have wanted to give yourself when you were first transitioning from individual contributors to management? Yeah, I think the first thing that we we all struggle with is getting that feeling of accomplishment, right? Especially in technology, right? Where you are that individual contributor that is delivering features and programming this and delivering this thing, right? And and like I feel accomplished because that's now in production and the users are using it and all that. And you when you start jumping into leadership, you're not in that 
critical path, maybe coding those features anymore, right? For certain roles. And there are some organizations you keep coding, right? And but in, in some others you are like you're a leader that your responsibilities are way different, right? So I struggle a lot at the beginning, like I'm not feeling feeling accomplished, right? Because it's like I'm not delivering anything. But then you know when when you realize that you are delivering way more than that, right? When you are like empowering your teams and training your teams to develop something where you're being that glue that we were discussing about before and finding these gaps in, in, in communication and in interactions, right, between, uh, between people. When you start, like, understanding your impact as a leader, that people are getting better because of yeah, your mentorship, your training, that was, like, a key part, that, a key piece that took me, it took me like, years to, to understand, right, to, like, feel accomplished going from being that individual contributor, right? Oh, absolutely. That's something that, like, when I first stepped away from being hands-on, I was like depressed that I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't feel like I was making yeah. anything. Um, and yeah, yeah, likewise, it took a while to wrap my head around the value that you can provide by leading your team. Although I know a lot of CTOs come on and will sometimes share like various tech hobbyist projects that they still get oh, to yeah. work on. I, I do a lot of, I mean, the, the way for me to stay very connected is more on the architecture side. Yeah. So getting with my teams and discussing architecture of, of, of certain systems that we are trying to build, discussing about performance, about, you know, security and more like higher level topics that will have a big impact on, on the products. That's something that I'm still like super passionate about. And I keep, you know, working with my teams on every organization that I go to, right? Be having an impact on on architecture based on the experience that you also accumulated, right? From from other projects that you worked for in the past, right? But I think that another thing I will tell you that is that it was very important, right? When you are transitioning, right? Between being that individual contributor and, 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 and being a leader is finding also, that this is critical, right? Finding a leader that will actually give you a chance that will provide the, the adequate support, right? We need when, when basically transition into a leadership mindset, right? And I think that's one of the most critical things. Like try to identify leaders around you, find those leaders, find like humble people, right? That, that have, you know, enough experience in, in leadership that will give you that chance, that will invest in you, right? Because you're not going to have all the leadership skills for a particular role when you jump into leadership, right? But there are like, there's someone that can that's willing to invest in you and tell you, hey, you have the skills, but you don't have this. I'm just going to help you to polish those skills, right? F- I think finding that opportunity is the most critical thing at the very, very beginning, right, in, in this transition. I think that's fantastic advice. Is there anything that you want to make sure we get out to the world? Any extra shout out you want to make here? Sounds like you guys are growing fast. You want to make a hiring plug at the end of the podcast here? We are growing a lot, yes. Uh, we are hiring pretty much for every position you can think of in technology, all the way from from design and product to to you know engineering. Uh, we are hiring for leadership positions, you know, on, on data leadership, on security leadership. So yeah, we're we're growing our teams all over the place. Again, pun intended. <laughs> but uh, uh, we are we keep uh, we keep growing a lot. We are uh, getting very very smart people to to join us, right? Because again, the, the opportunity that we have ahead of us with with our all in one platform is 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 amazing. And again, if you join Place or if you are thinking about a, a job transition, join Place. Great people to work with, uh, great culture, uh, a lot of fun, you know, technology challenges there. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you would like to hear, 
discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.